sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Here on this Election Day edition of Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid, we're going to give you our votes for the first half MVPs in fantasy football and see who comes out the winner. It's an easy one, 50-50. Craig Mish, Joe Bizapia, probably going to be a little bit of uh, ties here on this one. We may have to ask our producer, Brett Levy, to be the deciding swing vote here. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the dreaded independence. Oh, that's yeah, that's the those word. are the are the uh, the conversations for it. But look, I know that there's a lot of people on edge one way or the other who you're voting for. But I assure you, right here on our show on Fantasy Sports today on Sports Grid, we don't do politics. I don't do politics at all. I don't want to upset anyone. I want you guys to enjoy, have a good time, enjoy the show, make us a distraction from all of that. If you're watching on YouTube or anywhere else. So that's the way that we will proceed here with the show. I understand that everyone wants to find out about that. Everyone will be locked into their televisions tonight for sure watching it. I will be watching uh, The Mandalorian or something else on YouTube. Speaking <laughs> of which, now that I brought that up, you you still have not dove into this. You, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to ruin anything for you, Joe, but uh, you, I think you're missing out now here. Friday and Saturday. Hey, Friday and Saturday. I have no kids. Uh, last weekend, I had the kids on Friday and Saturday with Halloween. Friday Has it been ruined for you? No, no, not at all. I know there's Baby Yoda, and I know Sasha Banks is in it from WWE. That's about all I know. Oh, so okay, I, I've done a very good job of really enjoy it. It's, it's taken a turn now where you're really going to enjoy good. enjoy it without saying anything else. Excellent. So anyway, Excellent. that's that's a story for another day. I don't ruin people's Mandalorians. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Headline for today. Put it on the screen. NFL trade deadline is approaching. It's coming up. There's been nothing done yet. So oh. no trades. No Nothing happening. So, so far, so nothing. On top of that, Nick Mullins is taking over a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I saw Nick Mullins play a few weeks ago. He looked dreadful. I also saw Nick Mullins play two years ago. I thought he was better than Garoppolo. So I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not upset with this at all. I think Mullins is going to end up being good. I'm not sure why nobody wanted to trade for him over the last couple of years. I'm predicting good things for Nick Mullins. As far as the uh, Baseball Writers Association Awards, here are the candidates for National League MVP. This will be announced, uh, I believe, on the 16th of November, so two weeks away. Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, Freddie Freeman of the Braves, Manny Machado of the Padres. Now, the more compelling MVP, because I think Freddie Freeman's winning the NL, but the more compelling mm -hmm. MVP is in the American League because literally, Joe, uh, man, Jose Ramirez made a great case for it. So did Jose Abreu. And then when you stop back and you say, DJ LeMayu, why is he even in there? And you look at his numbers, wow, you could say LeMayu should have been the MVP in the American League. So I, I think the AL, to me, is a little bit more compelling than the NL. I do think Freddie mm -hmm. Freeman's going to win. Machado, to me, is a distant third. Uh, you could make the case Mookie Betts is, is in the conversation, but I think Freeman's going to be close to unanimous. I got to tell you, I was. I think that Shane Bieber should have been in the conversation for MVP this year, too. I mean, talk about an important piece, not just Jose Ramirez. And I'm not usually one of these people that likes to say, well, you know, pitchers, they have their own award, all these things. You put them out. I'm usually that kind of guy. But in the shortened season, I mean, how important every fifth day that you got an automatic win from Shane Bieber. That's how good he was this year. So I would have put him at least in that conversation. But uh, you're right. AL is definitely trickier for me. Gabreu was surrounded by a lot of talent, and it, given times there, Tim Anderson was brilliant, Loy was brilliant, um, Robert had some great stretches there. They really did. 
So for me, I think I would lean towards Jose Ramirez in this award. If I had a vote, that's probably the way I would go. LeMahieu was very good. There's no doubt about that. And he also carried the torch quite a bit when those big guys were missing, when Stan was missing, when Torres was missing, when Judge was missing. He was kind of like what Glaber Torres did the last year when all those guys were missing. Uh, for me, it is Freddie Freeman in the National League, too. I mean, think about where Freddie Freeman's journey started, right? Remember, he tested positive for COVID. He was terribly ill. Yeah. Came back. Let's not forget that. I mean, in the COVID season, Freddie Freeman absolutely should be the MVP because this dude came back. There were questions whether or not he would be able to play, came back, played, and not only played, but also played in a team that had a ton of injuries, had a lot of bad play at times from the offense, a team that struck out at like a 30% clip this year. He was really the stalwart in that offense and really drove that team. They had pitching injuries. They had offensive injuries. Acuna missed time. Albies missed time. Freeman was the rock. So for me, it's a Freddie Freeman. There's no knock on Mookie. And Machado, they were both terrific in their own right. Tatis, I think, in some ways, was more important than Machado was to his own team, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Why Tatis? is Tatis in this? Yeah, like, wasn't the energy of Tatis the first half the thing for you that really drove so. the Padres? I don't know, yeah, man. I thought there was yeah. a little curious. None the, no, no way about that. But And Betts played on a team with a bunch of stars, which always makes it tough. And I think Betts sure. deserves to be in the finalists. But to me, it's Freeman and Jose Ramirez. Is that how you would vote, too? Or you have a different AL guy? Yeah, I, w- I would go with both of those. By the way, Jose Ramirez, from June of 19 to the end of this season, oh. his numbers are staggering uh, how good yeah. they are. And and look, that's the other part of this whole thing with the Indians and Lindor is, look, Lindor may very well be the best player on the Indians, but you could make the case that Jose Ramirez is as good or better. And if they keep Jose Ramirez and trade Lindor and get a little youth influx in terms of the minor league system, in some hitting, hey, maybe there's a bounce back coming from Cleveland. Maybe they don't have to tear it all the way down if, if that is the case because Jose Ramirez is, is um, you know, one of the best players in baseball. I mean, that's all there is to it. He's just not mm-hmm. a player you hear from a lot. Yeah. And so because of that, and he's not on camera a lot, we, we sort of forget about that guy. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's fantastic for sure. Whenever you have a manager right. like Francona, you have a shot too. I mean, let's, let's not forget. Whenever yeah, you have a manager like Francona, you're in it. I'm sorry. That guy's just so good at what he does, and he does not get enough credit in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to find out which are the most popular sports cards right now on their way to get professionally graded, to get back in somebody's hands to basically make some money. And we're all about making money here on Fantasy Sports Today and on Sports Grid. So we're going to take our hobby of sports cards, turn it into a bit of an investment, and find out what you should be doing ahead of the game. We'll have it next for Fantasy Today. Josh Cope and us, these sports cards. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. One of the real interesting dynamics over the past few months in growth in sports, of course, has been sports cards. Everybody wants to get back into the industry. People who are in the industry are even making it grow. And there is a really interesting man out there who we're going to bring on the show today because I think he brings a different perspective and actually brings us data to the show that other people do not have. That's Josh Cohen of PC Sports Cards and PCSportsCards.com. What does Josh do, you may ask? Well, 
Josh each week sends cards to get graded in what's called group submissions. And as of right now, if I'm not mistaken, Josh is on average sending in 10,000 cards per week to the company called PSA, Professional Sports Authenticators. And he joins us now to talk about exactly what he does, how he does it, and the most popular sports cards in the industry, because he knows he's the one sending the cards. Josh, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? I'm doing pretty well today. Thanks, thanks, Craig. All right. So, so uh, Josh, first of all, is that number accurate? You're sending ten thousand cards per week in your group submissions. Like, uh, give us some perspective here. This time last year, how many were you sending in versus this time this year? This time last year, we were sending in one to two thousand cards per week. Right now, we're at about eleven to twelve thousand cards a week on average, and. In 15 of the last 16 weeks, we've had, we've had over 10,000 cards. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the industry is just blown up. People are at home. They're looking for things to do. They're buying cards. They're looking through their old cards. They're submitting. We spent time during the pandemic going through my old cards, graded, ungraded, and everything there. Uh, so I, I thought that we would bring you on and, and do a sports card segment each week to find out which are the cards that are out there that are being submitted to these companies the most. I watch all of these videos on YouTube. I see all this data. Nobody has it. You have the biggest sample size of anyone in the country. So that's what I want to know. Let's start off with football here in 2020, Josh. We've seen a lot of good performances, but I don't know how that translates into the card industry. So I know who's popular. I know who's good. But who is the most submitted card in the last week in the NFL to you that you in turn send to get graded? Sure, Craig. Uh, the most popular player last week was actually Justin Herbert. We had just over 220 cards of his sent in last week. Um, shockingly enough, 130 of those were from the same person. Oh, So if you take that person out, him and Burrow were just on the same level last week. Yeah, and, and Burrow, of course, uh, had the big game on Sunday. I can imagine this week he's going to be real hot. We're going to talk about him as well. Burrow uh, playing not even like a rookie quarterback right now. We talk about him in fantasy on the show. In reality, you could make some money by investing in Joe Burrow, no doubt about that. All right, so basketball, uh, Josh, the dynamic, I'm sure that that's really what got everything started, I feel like, when when sports cards were, were sort of getting back into it again. Everybody was looking at their basketball cards. Michael Jordan had the Last Dance special, and everybody was collecting basketball cards, and uh, Panini came out with their hot stuff. Uh, basketball has fizzled out, I feel like, a little bit, but it still is on the radar. So who's the top basketball player right now that's coming through you and on their way to get graded? Sure. Uh, yeah, The Last Dance was actually really big for sports cards. It really did bring basketball cards into focus. Uh, this week, actually, John Morant was the highest submitted. You, it's been Zion or Luca recently, and John Morant barely passed them, but he's the biggest one so far this week. Yeah, well, any any clue why that is? Is there any rhyme or reason each week on basketball? I, I guess the better question is, when a sport is not playing, is there any rhyme or reason to it? Could it just be somebody who you have that's a fan of the card, or do people like are they investing for the future in the player? Any reasoning behind it? You think? Usually, actually, the off season is the is a good time to start getting your card sent in because you'll start getting them back when the season's starting back up. Um, yeah. I think we've just seen a lot of. Zion and a lot of Luca and a lot of LeBron sent in, and there's just more more jaw that hasn't been sent in yet. So people just have a higher stash of them to put them in this week. Yeah, and, and John Morant again could go into the season next year as being the top one of the top players in the NBA. Maybe a, a good time is 
as Josh mentioned right now, if you have any John Morant, maybe he could be on the rise potentially. Uh, and then in, in baseball, we just ended the season, uh, Josh, and certainly I'm you know super familiar with baseball and familiar with baseball cards. Always the hot rookies are, are always the thing. We saw a rise for Fernando Tatis during the season. Of course we did. Uh, Juan Soto was a hot name. But who was the hot name recently? Who does everybody want to get their cards graded up? I mean, the hottest name for the last two or three months or since Top Series 2 came out has been Luis Robert. They just keep on sending him in over and over and over again. It's great. Uh, we do have a new product coming out this week. Top's update's coming out. So we should start seeing the new players that are in that product hit the next week or two. Yeah, and, and Top's update will have all the players that made their major league debut during the season, and it was a, a bizarre season for sure. So, so uh, Lewis Robert, the Chicago White Sox, who, by the way, wasn't really that great in the last few weeks of the season. Uh, other rookies actually outshined him, like Kyle Lewis, and and of course we have the voting on the Rookie of the Year in the American League. We'll find out who wins that award uh, next week. All right. So the other fun part about what uh, Josh does is, you know, he sends the cards. But he also gets them back in these group submissions. And so what happens is, arguably, uh, Josh is is touching the most expensive cards in the industry because he's getting them back and then sending them back to the people who submitted them. Maybe even some of your own, I'm guessing, Josh. But uh, let's talk about uh, this week. What? Let, let's start with the best card that you got back from either yourself or somebody else this past week. Let's take a look at it. Sure. Usually we get back one or two really big cards in our express submissions. And this week we had a 2012 uh, Panini Prism Kawhi Leonard Silver PSA 10, which is an extremely, extremely rare card. And and how much does that go for approximately? Uh, the last one did about $17,000. So I think it'll be in the fifteen dollars to $20,000 range. To put it in perspective, there's only 37 of them, including that one graded across wow. the board. Wow, yeah, and uh, and and look, uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, had the good year in the NBA, but I think a lot of people felt like he, uh, you know, was left short, and of course the Lakers ended up winning the championship. All right, uh, l- l- give me give me another one here in terms of like an investment. Is there is there one out there that you got back that like wowed you that said, wow, this is a good card that everybody should be in on? Sure. Um, this week we got back a, a couple of them actually. Joe Burrow, Panini Select XRC rookies. And the XRC rookie is actually printed the year before the real rookies are printed. So the print run is a lot lower when you compare them to other brands the following year. So it leads to upside in that card. And then uh, any any uh, baseball ones? Any vintage? Sure. So we actually got a 1989 Upper Deck Griffey PSA 10 back. And I actually see the picture behind you of a, of a Griffey rookie. Uh, the cool <laughs> yeah. thing about the Griffey rookie is there's so many of them graded, but it's a really hard grade. So that's what makes it so desirable. Out of 75,000 plus graded, there's only 3,800 or 3,900 PSA 10s. If yeah. you compare that to something like Ronald Acuna in 2018, there's 15,000 out of 23,000. Yeah, uh, many many years ago, I I I tried. I kept submitting uh, Griffies, and I kept getting eights and nines and eights. <laughs> and and like 10, 15 years ago, I did take the plunge. I think I bought two tens for a hundred dollars a piece, and uh, each, you know. And now they're uh, they're over a thousand dollars. So I guess that that turned out to be a good investment. <laughs> uh, I, I promised on this show I would show every week. I'll show one card that I submitted, uh, and I and I send them to Josh. He sends them on to PSA. Uh, this is a 1970 uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 
uh, Lou Alcinder second card. This is a this is in my collection. Such a nice uh, card. It's called a Tall Boy. It's it's taller than a big card. It's it, like Josh talk about seventeen twenty grand. I don't have any cards like that. But this card is like a five six maybe even seven hundred dollar card. And Josh for for whatever reason. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is like on the rise, man. Like his cards just seem to be going up a lot. So I'm happy I got this one done. Yeah, there's a there's a big rise in all vintage basketball right now. Yeah. So uh, look, every week we'll check in, we'll see, and by the way, give you guys an opportunity to see in your own collection of the cards that you have which ones are the most that are going to get graded. Maybe that that'll help you make your decision as far as do I want to send this one in because so many are also going in. Uh, regardless of that, you could check Josh's workout over at PCSportsCards.com. It tells you all about the submission process and how it works. They do a great job. I try to use them as much as possible when I have some money in my wallet. <laughs> Thanks again, Josh, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. We'll check in with you next week. We'll see who's hot and who's not in uh, in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Thanks again. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate being here. All right, Josh Cohen from PC Sports Cards. We'll take a quick break here on the show. I'm going to put my Lou Alcindor card away. We'll get back to some fantasy football next. So make sure you stay right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. We'll be back in just two minutes. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back as Joe is uh, rummaging through his old cards trying to find that Bo Jackson he, he showed us a few months ago. Uh we got to focus back here on election day, but <laughs> focusing in on fantasy, not reality. That's really the truth of what we're going to do here, Joe. And so, uh, look, we can look at the first half of the season. It's almost two-thirds of the fantasy season and determine who the best rookie has been, the biggest surprise, uh, the biggest frustration, and, you know, honestly, the, the biggest hits, the biggest busts. I think all of that can be assessed at this point. Maybe not for the NFL season, but for the fantasy season, I think you kind of know who you are. I, I would say this. <laughs> in the league that I play in, Joe, no one's 8-0 or 7-1. and one. No team. No. So mm. I feel like unless you're 0-8, 1-7, 2-6, I still feel like probably a lot of teams are, are having a shot out there. A 500 team may be a game out of the first place. 2-6 and six is a tough one, but I think if you have three wins – you might still be kicking around if you really finish strong. I mean, you can because it's just been such a bizarre season in terms of the injuries and how things have gone on. And again, this segment we're going to do here where we're going to have a little vote. It's not about, you know, who's right or wrong. It's about who our vote is. We're just going to vote for one of these guys and one of these questions. And the first one is the best first half fantasy rookie. And I, I tell you what, you have some really good guys. And look, there's some good guys that didn't even make this three. I always tried to keep it to three options yeah. here. So we're going to go for the, you know, the Republican, the Democrat, the Independent. We'll get to three. We start getting into the Green Party fantasy teams. That's where things go awry. I think everybody realizes that. But let's at least go with the three here, and let's talk about Joe Burrow, quarterback Cincinnati, Justin Herbert, Los Angeles Chargers, and uh, obviously Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I think started off, and a lot of people were jumping on that bandwagon yeah. on fantasy. A lot of people took him as a first – round talent and i don't know if you could say that he's delivered first round goods i don't think that's fair i think he's yeah. been good he hasn't been great i don't think you could put a first round grade on him right now at all i think it's more like a i would say a mid second to late 
you know, late second round, early third, somewhere in that range. I think you could make the argument for Hilaire. We'll see what happens next year if things start to, who knows, maybe like you said, Lamar, maybe part of the Le'Veon Bell acquisition is to let's let this guy go, go, go. And then all of a sudden, boom, the last month of the season, we just unleash him. Kind of like what happened last year, if you recall with Damian Williams, right? You didn't see a whole lot of him. And all of a sudden you hit December, boom, it was Damian Williams and all through the playoffs. And we're looking at each other like, well, where was this all year? I kind of wonder if that's a game plan. I'm going to vote though. I'm going to vote for Joe Burrow. Because I feel like Joe Burrow has really done that. Yeah, Joe Burrow has elevated the guys around him. Herbert had some good wide receivers here to work with. I think some of the suspect wide receivers that we thought going into this year. So for me, it's going to be remaking the Bengals, which I think is a real big task. So I'm going to vote for Joe B because he's also got my first name. I think that's also obvious. The fix was in here. How about you, Craig? Who are you voting for in this one? Well, the best rookie has been Burrow. The one with the most value, I think, has been Herbert, if, if we're just talking about these Fair. three. And you're right, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you can't eliminate a game from the schedule, but if you took the first game out, my gosh, this guy was not this guy's not very valuable at all. But the running back position has been so tough, and even getting 10 points in a fantasy league is huge from your running back. So I'll agree with you, and I'll say Burrow, but from a value perspective, Herbert may have provided more mm-hmm. value than any rookie in fantasy right. this year. Um, look, uh, Schultz was on his way. I don't know if he was a rookie or not, but Schultz at the beginning of the season was on his way to delivering that value. Undrafted player in fantasy, all of a sudden a tight end one. Then hey, the wheels C.D. fell off Lamb there. was in that C.D. conversation Lamb too until that, that conversation. And, and then what I would say is the only one that if I, if I had, I think Burrow and Herbert will maintain and those two guys will run to the end. If I had a fourth vote and I wanted to put someone in there as somebody the rest of the season that could be, it would be Higgins. I think that is the one player Hmm. that it seems like even when he doesn't score a touchdown, he's still getting six catches. He's still getting 70 yards. He's going to average 10, 15 fantasy points a game. And if they trade green by four o'clock Eastern, that's really going to boost him up because then it just becomes one of two guys in that offense. So Higgins would be on the outside looking in. Uh, Lamb for me is the best of all of them. I thought Jefferson uh, yeah. was going to be the wide receiver. He's up and down, though. He's up and down. Higgins has been, you know what? There's only been one game where he didn't have five catches in this, like five targets, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, Higgins he's is, really good. I think Lamb is the best. I think Lamb is the best of them. Judy was the best in college. Lamb was, I thought, hitting the best spot, and now it's a disaster. So it's over for him. Mm-hmm. But next year, yeah. uh, I will tell you, in my leagues next year, if Prescott is back and he's back at quarterback, I am going to value Lamb as a wide receiver one. I am going to I am going to make sure Me that too. I get him everywhere. <laughs> we had that same conversation on yesterday's show that I had um, with on Blackwick where we talked about we're, – we're talking about DK Metcalf and Calvary Ridley. We're talking about, okay, last year the guys that we were saying, who's going to jump from wide receiver two to one, and it was Godwin. This year it was Ridley, uh, and it was uh, obviously DK Metcalf. And then we were starting to speculate, who are some of those names next year? And you nailed it. Lamb was that guy for us too that we were talking about. Like, will we put – C.D. Lamb in that category because a lot of people will see all the drop-off in the second half, and they'll have a little bit of questions. And the other guy was T. Higgins, where I feel like those guys, you can draft probably Lamb as a two. He'll probably end up as a one. And Higgins, you could probably draft ADP-wise as a three, and you'll probably end up at least a two, if not room for possibly more, maybe a high end two at that. So that's very exciting. Sure. Let's talk about surprises in the first half. And everybody gets a vote here. We all registered before. No stickers. Nobody's going to get a sticker, but we all registered to vote for these awards. So we're going to vote right now. Biggest first half surprise. Is it James Robinson, the running back of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars? Is it Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, who a lot of people thought, "Eh, well, it's kind of a weird pick, but you know what? He's had some monster games. 
Or is it another guy who's come on late, which is Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers? So, Craig, I'll let you vote first. Who are you casting your ballot for? Biggest first half surprise. Yeah, I, I think it's got to be Robinson, but I think Claypool is close behind because he was in that same conversation as Pittman, essentially. Like, you could have flipped the coin. It has not been close. Claypool has been way better than him, and that was sort of the comp going in as far as value is concerned. Uh, look, Robinson was fantastic in the first half. I think he's got a chance to be really good. New quarterback coming in. Uh, they have to change their game plan a little bit, and hopefully they will. Because I, the one thing that I would say is Robinson will probably do as good a job running the ball in the next uh, eight games. I just don't see him catching as many passes as he did in the first eight games because Minshew was just the check down master. So um, mm -hmm. Robinson, for me, is the biggest surprise. A name going right up until the draft nobody was in on and, and ended up delivering. Yeah, I'm going to vote for Chase Claypool, actually. Uh, and it's because I feel like every year there's that guy, that week one guy, and there was something about James Robinson. I was like, oh, man, it's kind of a messy situation. What's going on with Armstead? He's got COVID. Is it going to be uh, a Zigbo? Is it going to be this guy? And you just kind of had this feeling like, is James Robinson going to be that guy this year? Is he the guy that comes out of nowhere week one and you picked him up before the season started and he was great? So it was almost like, eh, okay, I'm not surprised. But I'm more surprised by Claypool because that was the guy that I feel like in this wide receiver class that nobody was talking about in fantasy. I was talking about Jefferson. We were all talking about Rager. We were all talking about C.D. Lamb, Judy, all these guys. I did not hear one person talk about Claypool. So for me, it's Claypool. I don't think anybody thought he'd have the impact that he's had so far this year. So to me, he's the biggest surprise. I'm not surprised by Jefferson. Uh, I like him to be a little bit more consistent. But then again, now that Cook is back, I wonder if they're just going to run the ball into the ground for these next few weeks there and try to get back in a playoff race. We'll see. Uh, next one here. This is going to be fun. Most furious, like, absolutely absolutely frustrating most infuriating situations that we could possibly think of in the first half and i know a lot of people have been frustrated by the bucks running back situation i mean that's certainly up there uh the steelers constantly rotating offense is it judo is it connor is it uh, gonna be claypool is it deontay johnson when he's on the field man it's very difficult to peg on a weekly basis and then of course another frustrating situation betting on the chargers because it would seem like at times it's the right thing to do hasn't really worked out I will cast my vote first for this one. And I got to say, it's got to be the Bucks running situation. I mean, and I'm only on one side of it. I only have the four net side. I can't imagine the folks who have both and on a weekly basis are looking at themselves going, what the hell do I do? I can't play both. I got to pick one. And I can imagine you never pick right. So I'm going to go with the Bucks situation, Craig. Who are you voting for for most frustrating situation of the first eight weeks of the NFL? I'm gonna, I have a write-in on the ballot here. I have a couple of oh, write-ins. I love write-ins. Excellent. Yeah, I got, I got some right. All of these, are, all of these oh. are fair, but I didn't ever bet on the Chargers, so I don't have to worry about that. Okay. And I'm not heavily in Pittsburgh, so this is for <laughs> me specifically. The Bucks running game is one though that, that, that and I totally the wide receiver on the Bucks and Mike Evans like that to me is a really tough one because he is mm -hmm. you, you keep playing him and he keep does he keeps doing nothing. And then my most frustrating situation this season, without a doubt, has been Mecole Hardman. That that has been the one because when I play him, he does he does nothing, and when I don't, he blows up. And so there's no predicting the way that Kansas City's offense is going to roll. And I suppose unless your name is Hill or Kelsey, there's no guarantees. But I mean, how do you not play bench Hardman this week? And 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 it's going to be the right choice, and he's going to put up a zero. So that's yeah, it's that, that's like really frustrating. Eh, too many miles in Kansas City. All right, last one here. Biggest first half bust. And there's been a fair amount of them, but uh, let's 
talk about these three here, see who you vote for. Mark Ingram, Baltimore Ravens, T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts, and Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know, for me, I didn't have a lot of expectations for T.Y. Hilton. I really didn't, but I know some people did, so he's been a huge bust. Uh, Mark Ingram has definitely been a bust, and I had some shares, not a lot, I think two of the ten leagues. But Henry Ruggs, to me, I had expectations for. And you go back and you're looking at the overall product right now, and it hasn't been good. So I think I had expectations for Ruggs that were real, and he's fallen short. And for me, that's my biggest bust. I don't know about you, Craig. Do you have uh, any input here on your vote, or do you have another write-in, perhaps? I, I probably have a few right uh ingram is a massive <laughs> fantasy ingram is is a massive fourth round fantasy bust who's done nothing uh cam Akers is a massive fantasy bust because again after a couple of the top running backs are gone or off the board swift is gone right Edwards is gone you went to cam Akers. he's done nothing he's been a, a massive first uh, half bust too so um but ingram of these three not just because I have them, but just because, yeah, I mean, you, you were expecting 500 yards and six touchdowns from what you from. You make that. All right. I'm going to take it over from Craig right now because he's cutting out. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're going to take that vote. It's still going to count. Don't worry, Craig. Your vote still counts here on the show. No problem here. But we're going to come back with a little fantasy reality. All the votes will be counted here. We'll be right back on Sports Grid right after this. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Back on the air with you. Tomorrow's show, Dr. David Chow will be with us and we'll talk some fantasy uh, football in terms of injuries. And I know, Joe, you're bringing on a special guest as well, a new recurring guest here on FST. We don't have any <laughs> baseball anymore. we got some time to talk about some other things with some other people. So who is our new special guest joining us here? Well, it's none other than the network's old guy, Benny Ricciardi, who uh, used to host On Target here. If you remember back in the FNTS radio days before everything was all sports grid radio, FNTSY, uh, it was myself and uh, Jake Seeley and Benny Ricciardi, the three of us, winning radio show of the year for the FSGA not that long ago. And we had some great times on that show, and I figured it would be fun to bring Benny back here, uh, get his takes there. He is always very tied into the DFS world, uh, one of the great DFS players, one of the great guys, too, in terms of basketball, baseball, football knowledge. The guy does it all, and uh, he is very entertaining. He's a Jersey Italian guy. I mean, what more can you possibly love about that, right? So Benny's going to join us tomorrow for four downs. We're going to talk to him about some stuff going on in the week to come in the NFL. And, uh, you know, look, for us, uh, us dads who are the stay-at-homes taking care of the kids, we got that in common, too. We'll see how many of his kids will interrupt him during the show, which I'm sure you'll keep an eye out for as well. But Benny's one of the great personalities, one of the great minds in fantasy and in wagering, too. So I'm excited to have Benny here back on the network a couple times a month, basically. All right, so we'll have that for you tomorrow right here on Fantasy Sports Today. But we're not done here with the show. we got a little fantasy or reality to end our program. Let's get it started. Our first statement of the day is fantasy or reality. Bo Jackson, in his prime, could rush for 350 yards in a game right now. 
Uh, Bo made the statement, actually, with defenses, the way the game is played. He says he could run for 350, 400 yards in a game. Is that fantasy or reality, Joe? 350 in a game for Bo Jackson. Yeah. Well, I saw the little statement come across. I'm sure everybody saw it on their social media pages, Bo Jackson talking big. Then I kind of thought about it. And then somebody started running some old footage of Bo Jackson running, and I started thinking about it some more. And I thought, maybe this isn't crazy after all, with the way defenses are kind of hamstrung and what they can do. And the speed of the game now. I mean, Bo Jackson, I know a lot of people out there never got to see him play. Greg and I did. And it was something to behold. I mean, this was a talent like no other that we've ever seen. And I love that picture, too, because it was a talent in baseball. It was a talent in football. It got everything this guy touched he could do. I've seen him shoot a bow and arrow with his feet. I mean, this is just a, a freak of nature. This guy should not be able to do the things he could do. And I actually got to be on a field with him and take batting practice, which is pretty awesome. True story. I never get to do this because Craig's the guy who hangs out with all the celebrities and all the athletes. I'm just here in Jersey all the time by myself. But I actually hit a home run in front of Bo Jackson, and Bo Jackson gave me the, all right, yeah. And I was, oh, that's it. That's it. Life over. And that's why I won't get rid of that card because you said, well, talk about those moments with Bo Jackson, right, where you're sentimental. You still get it graded. No, I don't want to get it graded. I don't want to get rid of it because Bo Jackson gave me the, yeah, all right. And that's it. That's all I needed from Bo. I think he could go for 350. The record is 298. But you know what? I could see Bo nowadays, I mean, just going over, guys. I mean, he was so strong and so fast. I don't think it's crazy. I'm going to say reality 350, he could do it. What do you think? Maybe I'm just living in a in a parallel you universe. Are. But I don't know, man. 350, Bo? You're living in your celebrity now? moment. Is that what it is? Oh, it could be, he, could, he could rush for 400 yards in Tech Mobile, but not in a real game. No, that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. No. So if you took Bo Jackson, the way that NFL right now dropped him in modern no day, no one gets forty carries. Get... No one gets but thirty well, carries. That's the problem. That's true. And and, and I suppose if you said to me, okay, if they gave him every carry of the game and they and the team was horrible, other than him and an offensive line, could he get three hundred? I don't know. I guess so. But I kind of feel like Bo Jackson was the best best athlete that I ever saw. But Derrick Henry is pretty close to being the best one of the best like running backs the last one? decade yeah. he's like a real so, like he's in that kind of a vein i mean if, yeah. if derrick henry is not doing it i'm not gonna say bo jackson's gonna do it and and again takes nothing away from bo jackson derrick henry's great like that guy carrying the football is virtually unstoppable if if you don't have 11 guys in the box plus one you know it's like he you can't stop derrick henry in the second half of game so until Derrick Henry Bo does Jackson it, I'm going to say fantasy. The Falcons. <laughs> how, about, how about Bo Jackson or against, against the Cowboys? Or against the Packers, I guess. Or the Cowboys. Is, is the really Packers, right? There's a couple yeah, no, there. I, I'm going to say fantasy. It takes nothing away from Bo, but no. I'm going to say no there. All right, <laughs> let's way, uh, move you know, on to our Greg, next. Uh, real quick, did you know Jeff Perlman's mm-hmm. writing a book about Bo Jackson, uh, the great sports biographer? So that's the next one on that list. I'm excited to read that one because he does some great work there. And uh, I think Bo is one of the more fascinating individuals, too, in terms of story, in terms of guy that he is. He's kind of his own guy. I think we can all say that about Bo for sure. Yep, interviewed him, did a one-on-one with him, uh, probably, I don't know, I want to say seven, See, eight years Craig ago. Craig meets everybody. Even my thing, it's like, yeah, Craig's like, yeah, whatever. He's I did meet Bo Jackson. I do have a signed football of Bo Jackson in my office. I do. He signed a football for of course me. You. It's right, right. All here. right, here we go. Fantasy or reality? Let's move on. The Minnesota Vikings with a huge win, one of the bigger upsets this season. They beat the Packers, uh, six and a half point dog, are still alive in the NFC playoff hunt. Is that fantasy or reality? Now, what is their record exactly right now? Uh, they have two wins, Craig. That is they, that is exactly two what their six. record is. 
Yes, correct. Um, actually, are they two and five? I have to double check that. You double check that for okay. me while I go on my rant here about this, because I think, and when looking at this, part of the reasoning for this is how bad the East is, right? So if the East is completely terrible and there's only one team coming out of there, and all of a sudden now when we're looking at the West, we have a mathematical situation here where the 49ers just had a lot of injuries. The Rams are incredibly inconsistent. And looking at it right here, the Vikings are two and five. So that's where they are. So with the extra team added in, with the way the other teams are going to beat up each other, and then you're looking at the schedule. They still play the Bears twice, okay? They still play Detroit twice. They kind of have opportunities here to handle their own business. And the schedule they have, they also have Jacksonville on the schedule that they play. They have Carolina on the schedule they play. I don't know, Craig. That sounds like a lot of potential wins to me. What do you think? I think it's reality. They're still in this thing. Fantasy. I'm out. I think that I don't. I don't think, I don't think they're good enough. Even with that schedule I, don't, I just laid out. No, no. Zero uh, and three at home. Quarterback isn't good. I I think that if Cook runs like that, they can still win four or five more games for sure. And I suppose in this season where they've added a playoff team, then it, it's very. I would say fantasy, but I'm I'm a little bit closer to reality than I am on most things when I answer these. But I I don't think so. I don't think they're a good team. I don't think they're a good team defensively. Uh, th- their strength was the Packers' weakness this past week. Anybody who watches tape on the Vikings this week, there's no way Dalvin Cook is going to do what he did last week, Joe. It's no chance. Everyone's going to say, oh, what? this is how let's you want to beat us and do nothing else? Sure. We'll take this guy okay, out of the game or at least we'll try. All right, you tell me win or loss. Let's just have fun for a second. We got time here. We got nothing but time on the show. Okay, so you're two and five right now if you're the Vikings. How many wins get you in the playoffs this year, you think, in, in the, in eight the and eight. Uh, NFC? Eight and eight. Okay, eight. so there you go. Uh, next, at home against the Lions. Is that a win for the Vikings? Not a guarantee at all. Okay, but you know, it's fun. Give them a win or a maybe, loss here. Maybe, at, 50-50. Okay, okay let, let's give them a win. Uh, at the Bears, we'll give them a loss on the road against the Bears. You want to do that? All right, they'll split the first two. I can deal with that. Then they play the Cowboys the week after that. And then who after that? Uh, after that, the Panthers, then the Jaguars. Sounds like so four they'll win wins two already. out of those three. They'll win two out of those oh, three. Okay. And then, of course, the okay. Bucks is going to be tough. They play the Bears, Saints, and Lions to close things out. They could get yeah, close one upset here and there. Panthers, Jacksonville, Cowboys, that's three wins right there on the table for them. And then they just got to split the other two. That's three wins. You really going to say that? Come on. This is the NFL, man. Jacksonville, Carolina, and I'm telling, and the Cowboys, if you win those three games, I'll tell you right now, there's a better chance of them losing all three games than winning all three games. It's the NFL. They're going to lose. Crazy things happen every week. The Vikings I know, just... and I think the Vikings are going to be one of them. <laughs> All right, well, I, I don't, I don't think so. Seven and nine for me on Minnesota at the end of the year. Oh yeah, it's okay. Probably let's close it out with this. There, uh, you know, you know, I saw this is interesting. I believe they did this at a music festival recently. They wanted to have the, I don't know if it was Burning Man or or what it was, but they 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 had a festival recently, and everyone was wearing these bio visors, where essentially it looks mm-hmm. like you're a, in a spacesuit. And it'll keep you safe. And so uh, I guess well, I guess we throw it out here for this fantasy reality that everyone's going to be wearing a biovisor in 2021. Oh, my gosh. Really? Are we are we still doing this in 2021? Fantasy reality. Oh, my goodness. If they were cheaper, maybe. Uh, but I'm going to say fantasy. I mean, you look. How much are they? You look like a. 
they're uh, about three hundred dollars actually. That seems That's like not a, even that bad. I thought you were going to say three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, three thousand. I mean, it's 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 a. It, I mean, really, I can see people in their backyard trying to make these things. Like, I made my own biovisor. Look at this, and it's like you know, you got all the uh, you went to Michael's craft store and you figured it out, and then you went to Home Depot and bought the rest of the stuff you need. It's a pretty hilarious look right now like i mean i don't know how you walk around in this thing you look like uh some sort of extra from some aliens film you look like uh you're out of one of these wacky video games there's some sort of crisis on another planet i i hope we're not going in this direction i really do but i saw this yesterday and i had to put it in the show because i thought if anybody would appreciate this look it would be you i mean look at this guy yeah, in the like picture even he's looking it's like look at me no one can get to me. And you know what? I don't know if anybody wants to get near him because he looks kind of wacky. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, my wife, my wife, my wife would 100% buy these and wear these. I could definitely see that happening. She would go that's, out. And that, well, here's the question. Would you go out in public absolutely. with her and hold her hand wearing this? <laughs> yeah. She would wear one of these. She don't care. She, she, but she'll are wear you 10 with she, her. Are you walking with yeah, her? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if okay. I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do. I, I would say that it just, I, I don't want to show this to my wife because then she's going to buy one and then buy a, <laughs> a one just in case one gets hurt. So we're going to delete this show from YouTube for sure. Uh, I will say fantasy. Everyone will not be wearing one. I would tell you this. If you said, what, Craig, what is your opinion on this? Look, I want people to be safe. The only spot for me, if you said, look, first of all, I'm more careful probably than most. I always wear a mask. I mean, maybe everyone does. I don't know. But I always do wear a mask. I am extra careful. If you said, hey, you got to travel, I think I would do it. I think I'd wear one on a plane. I, I, I yeah, would make the How are you going to wear it on the plane? Your, your head's going to hit the know. top of the, yeah. the carpool. You can't fit in there. Have you okay, been well on a plane? Well, then I, mean, I, maybe I you fly first but class. I definitely would do maybe. it on a plane. I haven't, I haven't been Craig on a plane since first class. So that's 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 a little different. So Craig's probably first no. class. I'm in the coach. I can't fit in there with this thing on my head. Maybe I'll wear it in the summertime anyway, just to protect my dome. Now yeah. you're giving my wife really good ideas. First class and this thing. Oh my god. <laughs> you have bad idea. It's a look. Uh, do they come in different colors too? That's my question. Like, can we start doing team versions and stuff like that? And you know, I mean, it, we're we're one step away from the Bubble Boy in Seinfeld. Like, we're getting we're getting ever closer to the Bubble Boy, which is not where I thought we'd go. And I hope we're not going in that direction. But there's going to be a Prada uh, one, a Gucci one. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Christmas is so. coming. I, I think I might. I might. You know, maybe we'll start a little Kickstarter. Get your wife one of these for Hanukkah, and just to see the look on your face. <laughs> I think that might be worth it. Maybe some folks in the show. I'm like, kids better. are going to be having to wear them. I already see what's going to happen with this. I can already see the like, future here. You look like the cone heads. <laughs> That's what you're look like. I would just rather not go to whatever it is. Whatever the event is that forces. Oh, you guys go out. To go. I'm going to stay home today. I'm going to stay home. You guys go out. It's going to be fun. I, su I suppose if I had to wear this, oh, you know what? I'm not big in the Super Bowl anymore, but I used to go to all the Super Bowls. I suppose if they said you have to wear this to go to the Super Bowl, I would probably do it. I would, you may, yeah. and maybe would that's you the key. People getting, maybe you know the governor you, of Florida yeah. wants like forty thousand people at the Super Bowl this year. I'm sure he wants a lot of things. <laughs> but uh, do you, uh, do, would you ask people to take in you to their leader? I guess that's the question when you're wearing that outfit. Okay, we got to take a quick break. We got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next, and then we're out of here for today. We'll go uh, pay attention to some fantasy sports. We're going to check out a little bit later on. Uh, Scott Farrell is off, but Keith Azaria is on the air today, so make sure you catch him and also in him live tonight. Thanks, some crazy things, I'm sure. Be right back.
BetOnline.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. We've got Dr. Chow tomorrow on the show. Looking forward to get the latest in terms of injury. Maybe we'll clarify some of the situation going on around the NFL with COVID and also the Green Bay Packers running back situation, which seems to be a mess. Let's turn it over to Joe as he wraps us up with the Sports Grid 60. Joe? Apparently, at the trade deadline, the Green Bay Packers are kicking the tires on Will Fuller of the Houston Texans, and that seems like a pretty good addition to me. A nice big-time wide receiver who could go deep and catch that ball and compliment Devontae Adams on the other side. MVS hasn't given you anything. Alan Lazard just came back from core muscle surgery, which seems like a really difficult thing to come back from. Just ask, oh, I don't know, Justin Verlander, a lot of other people who struggled mightily with that injury in past years. Look, Pac, you just lost a huge game. Go out there and get this guy. Apparently, at the top of the organization, there's a lot of concern about whether or not they should do this. Hey, how many more years do you have of Aaron Rodgers? Can you please just go for it and finally fix the glaring hole that's been here for this organization for, I don't know, the last four years, finally, and let him go on one more Super Bowl run? Green Bay, get it done. Packers have done nothing, but we haven't had a trade yet. Two hours to go, so we'll have it covered for you later here on on Sports Grid. Um, Andy Dalton, by the way, the Cowboys, uh, our producer, Brett, is telling us, placed on COVID list. So, Danucci, uh, fire up Danucci this week and go bet the other side as fast as you can. Uh, let me wrap it up with this. <laughs> let me wrap it up with this. Uh, look, Major League Baseball is in for a very different offseason, that is for sure. Uh, we still have some very high-end free agents, Springer, Bauer, Real Muto, no doubt about that. But people may wonder over the next couple of weeks, why is, why is nobody getting signed? Why are we still waiting? Well, the bottom line and having the conversations that I've had, and this is very important for everybody out there to understand as well, is that how can you possibly sign any free agents if you don't know if you have a designated hitter in the National League next year? That is still what is at stake. And so players like Nelson Cruz and Marcelo Zuna immediately become more valuable to 15 other teams. It's a little bit of a battle, of course, with the players and owners, but I would just tell you to show a little patience. It ain't all on Major League Baseball with a slow free agency. It's more along the lines of, if you're going to have a DH, let everybody know so we can get this thing going. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to folks at LTN. Also, of course, to Danny and Brett. And for Joe P. I'm Craig Mitt. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.